Hello and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. So happy that you decided to join me today. And as you know, I always have amazing people on my podcast and today is no different. Today I am joined by my friend Kim Hembry. Kim is the co- is the founder of Freedom Gate International Ministries. She is a long-term uh overseas missionary that'd be what how I would describe it she may describe herself differently than that uh, but she has just come back uh, for after two years of being in Guatemala and she's heading out to the Dominican Republic to be there for um, an indefinite period of time and so I just found it to be such a treasure to have her with me and so I wanted the world at least the Melissa world to meet Kim so welcome to the show Kim thank you so much for having me I'm so glad you're here. So I always start my podcast out with a little thing I call this or that. And um, so it's just super simple. Do you prefer this or do you prefer that? All right. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. So do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you prefer hot or cold? Hot. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Oh, mountains. Well, that eliminates the other one. Oceans or pools? Oceans. All right. Uh, snor- snorkeling or deep sea diving? Not done either, but I think I would like deep sea diving. Okay. <laughs> snorkeling <laughs> is the best. You should, everybody should snorkel. But I always say, because I'm a fluffy person and fluffy people float well, snorkeling is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> and snorkeling is, it's awesome. It's like swimming in a saltwater fish tank. It's the best <laughs> ever. Um, but anyway, so I'm so glad Kim and I met, um, through a Facebook group that I was a part of, and uh, I just had this idea to start a virtual coffee. We started during the pandemic of 2020, and uh, so I just said, hey, anybody want to join me for coffee uh, virtually on Thursday mornings? And Kim showed up, and uh, I had no idea when we started it in February or March of 2020 that here we would be in 2021 and we would still be having coffee. Like, who knew, right? Right. Neither of us expected that. (laughs) And I feel like that we've done coffee every Thursday for a year almost. And so I feel like we know each other really well. But we've actually just met in person uh, yesterday. Yes, just yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. So so that's really cool. And so, Kim, tell us a little bit about what Freedom International is. So Freedom International um, is carrying the vision of teaching and training Um, individuals and communities to walk in healing and freedom from various forms of bondage, trauma, and addiction. Okay. So when you were stationed in Guatemala, uh, what did you do there? So while I was in Guatemala, one thing I was doing was studying, um, but I was also working alongside adolescents um, in the classroom setting, but many of them had walked through a lot of different areas of trauma in their own lives. And so um, really helping them out in a lot of different ways. and coming inside, going alongside their families if they had experienced different points of, of trauma or abuse. And, and that's close to your heart because you went through a period of time when um, you sustained some trauma and some things like that. And so mm-hmm. I always give everybody that comes on the podcast the freedom to answer that, their, to share their story at whatever way they feel comfortable. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So for me, this is something really close to my heart because I experienced a lot of pain in my early um, childhood and throughout my adolescence as I didn't know how to really to process how I had um, some of the things I experienced growing up. And those things started to manifest in ways that really were not life-giving mm-hmm. um, in my own life as an, as a teenager and as a young adult. 
And so um, for me, I didn't know that I was like that I was allowed to actually feel the things that I needed to feel. And so I was one of those people that externally, nobody would have really known what was going on on the inside of me um, because I felt like I always had to keep those things hidden. And so I wound up pushing a lot of things down. Um, and they, they started coming out in ways that I would have never really imagined um, throughout my teenage and then young adult years, um, leading up to really having no um, desire to continue to live. Um, and so for me, I had to start learning um, what it meant to truly feel and to give myself permission to process the things that had taken place in my life rather than acting out in different ways to just numb the pain that I felt on the inside. So was there a specific event or kind of how did the process of healing start for you? For me, the process of healing started um, in 2006 and um, I had just tried to end my life um, and was on the cusp of entering into a residential program that was um, based in the St. Louis area. And um, I remember driving up um, with uh, my mom in the front seat and in the back of the car, like I was kind of just on a last, like last leg. And I told the Lord, it's like, if this doesn't work, then I'm done. I won't mess up next time. Because at that time, I didn't really see the rescue of my life as something that was a work of God. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was a place that I was trying to have control and it was taken from me. Um, And so that place, um, when I walked into the doors, it's now a season that I look back on. And it is the first place that I remember having a tangible experience with the love of God and um, being accepted for who I was, no matter what had been done to me nor what I had done, and being loved by a staff that, um, that fought for me when I was unwilling to fight for myself. That's really awesome. So had you, would you have considered yourself a Christ follower before that? I would have considered myself a Christ follower, but what I was living in was this very divided lifestyle that like I would say the right things and I knew a lot of the right things, but on the inside I was living very differently. And I kind of was living in this, oh, I thought I could have kind of almost like one foot on one side of the fence and the other foot on the other side. And at least in all these other areas, like I could show that I knew who God was and knew what truth was, but I also was really working overtime to protect what felt sacred to me that I was too ashamed of being able to share. And eventually, you know, the Lord, I don't think, I think the Lord wants to always move us to a place of healing. Yeah. And uh, everybody finds that avenue and place in a different, in a different way that's personal and unique for them. Mine came through the death of my mother mm-hmm. um, and that where my, my relationship with the father just really became uh, deep and personal and intimate. And so would you say that that sort of happened with you when you when you found yourself in that place? I would say that that um, that season of my life definitely helped launch me into really getting to know the heart of the Father. Um, for me, it was really hard to trust Him as Father mm-hmm. due to some of the trauma that I experienced um, growing up. And specifically, my dad took his own life when I was 10. And um, even that place of like, I didn't want the love of God the Father if it meant being loved the way that I had experienced it in my home. 
Um, and then a promise like, I will never leave nor forsake you, really didn't carry much weight with me when I thought about the physical experience that I had had um, of what turned into what would really be an internal abandonment. And so um, in that time and season um, that I spent in 2006, pretty much the whole year in this residential program, the Lord really gave me a space to start uncovering the things that had been masked and um, I'm really experiencing a deep healing that progressed for years to come. But it was in that time that the Lord started to redeem his character as father to me, um, which allowed me to start to trust him in a way that I had never been able to do before. And when you talk about the character of the father, talk a little bit about what that means to you. I mean, for somebody who maybe have never heard that term or kind of put God in that kind of a category. Um, You know, for me, when I think about the character of a father, one of the things that like I really had a hard time understanding for a long time was that like God the Father looks at us as like a prized like apple of his eye type mm-hmm. of um, relationship and like not a possession but like looking at us with like such endearing value and um, it was really hard for me to look and to understand that um, because I saw my father put many other things in place of what I would have loved to have had in his life. Um, and so like, I think about like, wow, like I like ravish the heart of God, the father, like, and just my being who I am is like something that brings him delight. Right. And like, that means like he wants to spend time with me and like, he wants to actually, um, speak to me and, um, but then, like, I love that, like, for my for my own father, I didn't experience, like, the slow to anger and abounding in steadfast loving kindness. Like, that was not what I experienced. And sure. so, for me now, it's like, I love that even in the midst of times where there's been challenge or struggle, um, that God with me as my father has been really um, slow to anger. <laughs> and I've seen, like, him abound in steadfast loving kindness toward me. Um, and so... I think those are a couple of the things that stand out to me just in the moment. You said something, and I just want to um, kind of expand on it. And you talked about the Father talking to you. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody hears the voice of the Lord in, a, in kind of a way that really makes sense to them. But if you had to explain that to somebody, how would you explain that to them? Um, you know, I think that for me, there's this place of, there's like this kind of tender, gentle um voice that's also a part of of his character being redeemed in me Mm -hmm. because that wasn't the type of voice that I was used to hearing from a father and um and so uh, I I feel like it's a little hard to put words to but um that there's this this place where I'm talking to to the to the Lord to God my father and it's like there's this sense of um of him beginning to to in the depth of my core um, highlight different points of truth and, um, to almost kind of whisper those things gently. And, um, I've had different seasons where it almost feels like, um, the Lord, uh, takes control of my pen while I'm journaling. And it's just thoughts, um, that are coming out of his heart to me as his daughter. Um, and being able to then not only, um, feel something on the inside, but then read what I believe have been some kind of special letters from the heart of God. Sure. I think there's something so powerful in journaling the voice of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
if you've never done that, man, I've always, I've decided in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years of my life that everything that he would say to me is way more important than anything I would say. And so I've, I've practiced the, uh, the concept of journaling the voice uh-huh. of the Lord. And it's, it's so powerful and it can be so simple and yet so profound at the same time. Um, one of the things I love about Kim is, is the way that she sees scripture um, and the way that she just really picks out passages and then she kind of sits on them and ponders them and meditates them and then she and, she, and she'll just like pop them out and and, I'm, and I love our conversations every week that we've been having for the last year because there's always a time in that where she there's a there's a there's just a passage. Well, I was just reading this passage and she'll just pick out this and I'll be like, I just read that passage and I didn't see that at all. And so what is one of your favorite kind of passages that you've pulled out and that you just like, no, that one would stick with me forever. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot, if I look over the years, but, um, just thinking about this most recent year, Uh one of the verses that the Lord really used to impact my heart and to kind of change the trajectory of my perspective on what this last almost year has looked like is, um, the passion translation of first Thessalonians five, 16 and 17. And in that version, it says, let joy be your continual feast, make your life a prayer. And um, in the midst of living in a foreign nation um, during a pandemic that was global um, and knowing some things that I had been healed from and freed from in my past, like that, that, that would not have been a good thing (laughs) before (laughs) meeting the Lord in the way that I have now. And, um, and so I really was, I love the let joy be your continual feast because it speaks to me about my will and the choice that I have to engage it um, and to actually choose joy or to let the other things actually override that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so um, letting joy be something that I keep before me and I let fill me. I love that feast language because um, it's one thing that I've had to work through is um, recognizing that it is okay that I was created with needs. And it's okay that my needs get met. Um, and so when I think about letting joy be something that fills me, um, it is something that causes me to challenge even the hardships that I might encounter or the challenges that are around me. Um, and then like that marries for me in my heart with the promise that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so if I let joy reign, then I'm also going to be strengthened in the midst of that point of surrender. And I love the simplicity of make your life a prayer um, instead of the traditional version that says pray without ceasing. Um, because for me, that's like the ins and the outs of the little and the great. It's the like I'm washing dishes in my kitchen and I can be conversing with the Lord in the midst of that. Or I can be preparing to speak in a different place and really want to lean into the Lord with, with great intentionality for what it is that he wants to bring before me. But I love that, like make your life a prayer, like the ins and the outs. Like he wants to be a part. And I think that it's important for us to remember that he doesn't long for compartmentalized relationship. He longs to be a part of every single part of our lives um, from the simple to the great. That's awesome. That's like, if you're smart, you'll rewind the podcast right there and just begin to pull the nuggets of truth and greatness out of what she just said. You know, I was struck by when you talked about it, I thought about the concept of let joy be our continual feast. 
and feast would have been kind of a bad word for you in a former part of your life. Right. Can, is it okay to talk about that? Yeah, that's fine. So you struggled with eating disorder, mm-hmm. and and it's funny that this the passage that would really <laughs> fill your heart would be one that talked about feasting. Mm-hmm. Just Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say that now, like because of the work that has been done in me that is continual. Like I feel like there's continual places of greater points of healing and freedom that God takes me into. But, um, I was afraid to actually even be seen eating, um, in public ever for a very long time. And, um, and so it's interesting that like verses like that now are actually something that really do hit me in a different way because like, not only like, have I learned to respond to different needs that my body has and not cope in the ways that I used to, but it's like, for me, it's a redemption of like the longings of my heart. And, um, and I love, this is just kind of a, a tangent, but one thing that I love is the word, um, leb, which is a Hebrew word for heart. And, um, when we talk about that, it's like the center seat and it's like, um, and I think about that, I'm really visual. So it's almost like, I think about this little control room on the inside of my core. And I'm like, what am I going to let sit there? Because part of it's like, what drives our appetites or our, our desires or our affections. And it's like, um, I know that now, like I was created with not only a need for food, but I was also created with like a longing to be delighted and to experience pleasure. And, um, that was not something I ever permitted myself. And so it's like, for me now I'm like feast, like even the marriage supper of the lamb, like there's abundance in the courts of the, of of my King and of my father. And, um, I don't have to be afraid of that. Right. And so, um, I lived in a very scarce, um, in a scarce way. And so, um, now to think like, wow, like it's not just me settling for the, for the crumbs on the table or the scraps, but like there is a feast um, in the kingdom for me as his daughter, as his child. And that really exists for each of his, of each member of the body. Let's talk a little bit. Let's kind of take a a little turn here and let's talk a little bit about the concept of being a single woman who's in foreign missions Mm -hmm. and, you know, move packing up and moving to Guatemala (laughs) for two years and now, uh, coming home and visiting family and friends and, and partners with her ministry and, Mm -hmm. and some things like that before you head off to, as a single woman to the Dominican Republic. And so for maybe women out there who say, um, well, I'm not married and I could never do that or whatever. Talk a little, can you talk a little bit about what that's like? You know, I think, um, in some regards, being a single woman on the foreign mission field is what my normal has been. Mm-hmm. So I haven't known it um, in the in marriage, um, even though a lot of people that I get to meet and come across are doing that, whether it's a whole family or a married couple. Um, but one thing that I would say as a single woman that has been really fun is um, I remember when the Lord first asked me something that was beyond what I ever imagined I would do in my life. And, um, and it was in 2008 was like this first huge step of faith. And it is the first time that I really felt what I can remember is like the peace that passes all understanding. Um, and from that time, like the Lord started to give me some invitations and, uh, and I, one of the things that I think I've experienced now as a single woman is I get to adventure with like who, like with the one that takes delight in just being my like personal shepherd in mm-hmm. life. 
And um, though there's also some challenges that can come with it, I also have really gotten to, I think that I appreciate that I get to hear the voice of the Lord for myself and respond in faith without having to have like the another party like fully engaged with that right. like same point of confirmation for yeah. them. And so like I love the kind of the freedom that has existed um in getting to all right, the Lord has opened this door, let me pray about it and then feel the confirmation of the Lord for that and then trust his leadership and finances. And I would say it challenges my heart differently. Um, as, as my provider. Right. And like I, in different seasons have really looked toward like, it is like my savior is like my father. He is also my husband, my provider. And so there's a challenge of my heart to, to not look to a spouse in that way, which I think I would probably be, um, tempted to do, um, if I were married. And so I think that that challenges my heart in the, in the faith journey of like trusting his provision. Right. That's so good. And, you know, I just, I think that there's so many adventures on the horizon for you. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of um, follow your journey as you go to the Dominican Republic and work and uh, talk a, just for a little second about the ministry that you're partnering with in, in yeah, the DR. I'm going to be serving alongside a ministry that's called Crosswinds and they're based out of Indiana. Um, but the place that I'll be serving is um, actually a therapeutic boarding school for adolescents. And it's located there in the Dominican Republic. Um, and uh, they really have a core of wanting to see the family reconciled as these individuals come to receive intensive therapy and really learn how to live and process the hard thing that they've experienced and get reestablished in their family unit. And so I'll be working with adolescents um, between 7th and um, 12th grade. Um, and I'll be first and foremost kind of serving them in an academic setting, but then also um, helping out as a youth coach, which will give me opportunity to do um, some kind of counsel from here at different times um, and to really mentor and disciple um, these youth as they are facing really hard things in their lives. And the interesting thing is the overwhelming majority of the youth are from the United States. The overwhelming majority, yes, are from the United States. And so, because, uh, you know, we think, oh, well, she's going to the to the DR and she's going to, you know, it'll be nationals, mm-hmm. but it's actually um, an American-based program. Yeah. My primary focus when I'm there serving at this um, therapeutic boarding school will be working with um, mostly stateside students, mm-hmm. but um, we also will be doing different mission outreaches within the community. And um, and I, though I will be serving there, I do believe the Lord has more assignments awaiting me, you know, yeah. as I get ready to go. Um, and, uh, and I'm just excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Well, so thanks for joining me today. You know, I want to, I always end my podcast with uh, what I call the rapid fire questions. Uh, they're not deep and theological. (laughs) They're just the, don't, we don't ponder them. We just shoot them (laughs) off the top, whatever comes to our mind. That's what we, we speak out. And so are you ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's a perfect Friday night for you? Oh, um, Perfect Friday night is probably like board games with like a few of my closest friends. Okay. And one kitchen utensil you can't live without. I have this special egg pan that I bought in Guatemala and is already in the DR (laughs) after I visited because it is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. It's excellent. It's excellent. (laughs) That's, that's the best answer. Um, if Jesus had a candy bar. I don't know. Let's just say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Almond Joy. Like, 
Because you know he would enjoy an almond I, yes. joy, right? Because <laughs> his candy bar would have, no, his candy bar is Snickers. Just in case anybody out there is wondering if God looked at Jesus and Jesus said, hey, God, can I have a candy bar? You know, he'd just be, that's code for can I have a Snickers. But um, let's see. what um, What's your favorite movie ever of all time? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> that's an all right answer. Um, besides the Bible, one book that you've read that's made the biggest impact on your life? Oh, man, growing up. But one that I really love is, um, goodness. The title is leaving me, but Redeeming Love. Do you know who wrote it? Help help the people, help the readers. Is you don't know? Rivers? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> okay, Google it. It'll show up. Pick one of the, you know, whatever. It's, it's totally okay. Um, um, and, and what is one thing God's really teaching you right now? Oh, one thing that he started um, putting on my heart just afresh as I was leaving Guatemala and getting ready um, to go to the DR um, is he is reminding me that he is my home and that um, no matter where I might physically be, that it is wherever he is with me that I am at home. And that is probably what's trumpeting in my heart and spirit right now. That's awesome. And finally, my last question that I ask every person on my podcast, and it's actually my favorite question of the podcast, and that is this. If you could say one thing and one thing only to make Jesus famous, what would you say? Man, just one thing. So I would say there is nobody beyond the reach or the grasp of the arm that he will extend to save. That's awesome. That is like, there's where you put the period. Because what more can you say? That's such a perfect ending to that. Well, thanks for joining me today well, on the podcast. Uh, if you are interested in connecting with Kim, maybe finding out more about her ministry, maybe supporting her ministry financially, uh, following along on her adventures on her blog, we'll put all of the contact information for Kim in the show notes. And uh, so feel free. When, you, when the Holy Spirit brings her name to your mind, pray for her. Pray for the ministry that she's doing at Freedom Gate International. And, um, and just, you know, keep up with her. She's on all the social pages. You can, you can keep up with what she's doing. I'm telling you, she, she puts treasures on her social media uh, posts all the time. I love them. So um, until we meet again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing. <laughs>